It was a warm day in early September when I first met the apotheosized man. The the apoized the 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 theopies the theo the apotheopies the theo theopies the what? Bill Wright Jr. A man barely alive. We can rebuild him. We can make him better. Man, you watched too much TV as a kid. How about this? Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's super. Junior Man. A strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Junior Man. Who can change the course of mighty rivers. Give me that. Junior Man? Here's your coffee martini, shaken, not stirred. Mr. Junior. Bill Wright, Junior. Uh-huh. Next. Just no! Please make it didn't happen! Tuesday, 11.18 a.m. Got a call to investigate an alleged universe-devouring monster on the rampage in downtown Glorious Glorious Apex. This is my city. My name's Wright. I carry a card. You can't be serious. Did you write that? What? Nyarlathotep doesn't trash Apex until next time. Why don't you tell them how it ends? Besides, can't we get sued for that? That's why I whipped up this little beauty. By breaking the shrink wrap on this recording, you agree to indemnify Cephalopod from all damages, direct, consequential, incidental, accidental, or intentional. You'll never take us in. See, we're smarter than you, see? So what'd you think? Doesn't that break the fourth wall? The what? I don't, I don't even know what the hell that means. Look out, here comes the drum theme. Well, I have to admit that was unexpected. What follows? I won't let you leave, you won't let me leave. What have I done to deserve such affections from you? I had no idea what Armand could do, but I knew I didn't want to wait till he was done blabbing to find out. As he spoke, I felt my anger growing in the pit of my stomach, and I focused it into a tight ball. I kept feeding it, the sensation becoming more physical and more painful with each of his words. When containing it was no longer possible, I released it at him. He sidestepped it without effort, like he knew it was coming. Unlike your first move of restricting me to your house, this was completely anticipated. Well, my turn. I was distracted from his face by a movement behind him. From corners of my house that were now much darker and deeper than I remembered, poured things that resembled spiders, except that they were about three feet wide. They did not look friendly, and they were very interested in me. I was impressed, but decided to lie. I'm unimpressed. It was the noise that inspired me to look closer. Each spider was rigged with a miniature automatic weapon mounted on its back. Now. I can safely say that if you had been through what I had been through, what I did next was entirely rational. I created a bunch of gremlins, one for each spider. They rushed the bugs, jumped on their backs, and mounted the mini cannons like saddles. Then, with their tiny little sharp gremlin claws, they ripped the top part of the spider's heads open and hotwired their brains. Soon, all of the spiders were turning around and retargeting on Armon. The mini cannons all went off and made a complete mess of two walls, but Armon did not even blink. 
Oh, please. Like we didn't all do the gremlin ripping the skull caps off the spider trick in school. No one ever one-upped me on the playground, and you won't be doing it now. Then it got weird. Aramon smiled at me and ripped the top of his own skull open. It flopped back like a hinged walnut, exposing a ball of black and green moist mush that I figured had to be his brain. Still grinning, he held up his hands and produced a pair of bicycle grips with little plastic red, white, and blue streamers coming off the ends. He rammed them into his ears, which forced his eyes to bulge out of their sockets. Then he, well, he grabbed onto his handlebars vroom, 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 and revved himself up. I'll skip the gory details, but he proceeded to run down every hot-wired attack spider with Gremlin Rider there was. I was covered in... Well, I said I'd skip the gory details. My rod was ruined. That's disturbing! My punch disrupted his little display. Taking the initiative, I braced a foot on one of his handlebars and ripped his skull flap off and began pounding on his brain. Texas! Pure white light! Not so tough! Fisto a braino, huh? I'm in the caribou. Blue cheese. Huge. This seemed promising. His brain was deforming and softening. I had him on the ropes. I noticed an unpleasant tightening around my waist and looked down. Oh, no! Aramon's legs had become a huge, sick gray lamprey eelish thing with its head where his feet used to be. It had half swallowed me before I noticed. The face was a distorted Aramon. It winked at me, and my self-control left the building. <laughs> there was something loud and heavy in my hand. I looked. It was a chainsaw. I decided my intuition was useful and sawed Aramon clean, effectively in half. The eel part kept chewing me. Aramon's top fell to the ground and started pressing and molding his brain back into shape. Squeamish boy, you have swollen my brain. I shall probably need to get a larger skull. I couldn't get the disgusting thing off me. I stood and started pounding on its face. It constricted, binding my legs together, making me hop to keep my balance, like a contestant in a Clive Barker sack race. Somehow, I felt it was laughing at me. Oh, this is futile. Aramon took a deep breath, held it, and pushed. His brain inflated to beach ball size. I forgot about the eel I was so appalled. He took another breath, forced it, and his brain exploded. Ropey strands of gray-black matter flew in all directions, sticking to my walls and ceiling. When I straightened, Aramon's head was the core of a macabre web of twitching, slimy brain covering my whole living room. Oh, summer colds are the worst. I hate you. I leapt hugely upward, wailing on an air guitar, and landed in a full-on split. I wasn't exactly free of the eel, but I could move easily again. Aramon caressed the air suggestively. Rare. A slit skirt suits you. William, you should explore this look. His half-body rose off the ground, pulled upward by brain strings. By contracting those strands, he swung away from me, then back into my face with a punch. Ow! He floats through the room with the greatest of ease. <coughs> this dashing hot god on his brainy trapeze. Oof! I shook myself and drew a long sword and shield, advancing carefully. Chameleon tongue thrust power! An enormous green thing erupted from Aramon's mouth, stretched across the room and wrapped around my shield. A moment later, Aramon was chewing my shield to splinters with a smug grin. 
I swung my sword and left with a barbaric yawl and severed all the nearest ropes of frame. Aramon was slammed back against the far wall by the tension in the remainder of his elastic brain bands. I pointed my sword at his eyes and advanced on him. Aramon got to his feet and drew a sword of his own. It was a stained, battered monstrosity, the blade curving back over six feet from the well-worn two-handed grip. Aramon hoisted it effortlessly and strode towards me. I assumed a guard position and watched him advance. In this scene, I kill you, child. You'll have to kill me first. I... you... My blade shattered at first contact with Aramon's, which continued, barely slowed, cutting downward through my collarbone and wedging itself into my ribcage and upper spine. That hurt. <laughs> Aramon stepped back, drawing his blade through me, the ragged edge sawing my bones. Without thought, I lunged forward and grabbed Aramon. I changed my molecular structure to molten iron and vomited liquid metal on Aramon's face. His flesh didn't have a chance to melt off. It was blown off in fiery chunks, exposing his skull and eyeballs swelling in their sockets from the heat. Aramon clawed at me as my molten body melted onto his, like saran wrap. Our clothes disintegrated and we fell to the floor. Aramon's blade dissolved and the handle clanged to the ground. He suddenly turned colder than an ice storm on Pluto and was able to break free. We lay on my floor, barely able to muster enough strength to glare at each other. Hey, Will. I was doing some cooking and found myself needing a fresh head of punk ass when it struck me that Aramon sometimes hangs out here. Oh, Guess oh. I got lucky. What the hell? How'd he get uh, out? He's still here, lover. You just can't see him. There's no god alive that could break through that barrier. Then how'd you get in? It was designed to keep gods from leaving. Now hush. Aramon was pretty roughed up. He's just hiding to lick his wounds. Step into the kitchen if you value your body parts as much as I do. Khalid pulled out a long, black, glossy wire, a sinister version of her worshippers' trademark strangling cords. She stepped into the center of the room and began spinning the strangler over her head. If the situation wasn't so hairy, I would have laughed at the image. A beautiful, blue, six-armed goddess, clad in a wonderfully revealing one-piece leather, twirling a cord over her head like some lusty starlet playing cowgirl in a porno from another planet. Kali randomly looped the cord low and high, her face in a snarled grin, letting out more and more of the strangling cord, until it seemed to fill the room, moving something close to the speed of sound. Aramon didn't stand a chance. Good to see you again, Ari. Although, without your lovely robes, you don't look so impressive. Tips on fashion from something that slithers about like a bitch in heat, reeking scent all around the neighborhood. Really. Aramon was slumped against the corner of the room with Kali's strangling cord secure around his neck, his hands clawing at it uselessly. Kali leapt gracefully to Aramon's corner and quickly adjusted the strangling cord so that it started in her right middle hand looped around Armand's neck and finished in her left middle hand. I'll never forget what followed. She extended her middle arms out wide, pulling the cord parallel to the ground and lifting Armand to his feet. Her four remaining hands each summoned terrible-looking daggers from her leather. Her back was arched, her taut stomach moving with controlled, determined breaths. Her legs in a wide, solid stance, the muscles rippling, sweat shining on her body, her dagger-wielding arms fully extended and back the four deadly points aimed at Aramon. 
She looked like a spider spread out on some invisible web. And then, with horrifying speed and force, she drove all four daggers into Armand's guts and lifted him entirely off the ground above her head. She twisted the daggers as his body weight hung on them, then tossed him to the ground and wiped the daggers clean on his shocked face. Oh, William, a wound like that would have killed, say, an electrified dog. Yeah, it went something like this with Fido. My kick struck with the force of a semi. Aramon's face collapsed. He spun like a stunt-performing skydiver across my floor and into my fireplace. The huge mantle fell across Aramon's ribs, visibly breaking them. I could only stare in horror at what I'd done. It was Kali that brought me back. What? Welcome back, soccer stud. What's in that bottle that was on your mantle? What bottle? It landed over there by Aramon, that black girl. Oh, no. Ironic. <laughs> Aramon's drinking it. Welcome, my I ran with everything I had left. I was much too slow. The blast threw me into a wall. Part of it fell on me. I saw lights. Ew. You're not even symmetrical. Kelly drew steel and started tracing a hypnotic pattern with the dagger tips. Nyarlathotep didn't seem to be affected. I tried to yell at her to run. I couldn't even move. She leapt, impossibly graceful. Nyarlathotep snatched her out of the air. Dagger struck. It ripped Kali in half. Nyarlathotep dropped half of Kali and stuffed the other half into itself. It was leaving. It hit my front door and bounced. Fresh pain shot through my head. Nyarlathotep slowly turned in a circle and looked around the room. It couldn't see me under the rubble or it didn't care. It backed off from the door, then charged it. Pain. Speak to me or move, Bill, if you can hear me. Talk to me, please. Uh, Bill! Uh, I'm awake. I'm awake. Here, let me help. Uh, how long was I out this time? A few minutes. Kali is dead, Bill. So is Aramon. But there's no body. Trust me. Oh, good. And that think of ill aspect traveling towards Apex must be Nyarlathotep. Yes, much more dangerous than before. Nyarlathotep got Araman. Or the reverse, hard to tell. But they make a lovely couple. Just a minute. Benny! Ow! Turn down the volume, you idiot! Sorry, sorry, first time for me. Listen, Nyarlathotep is heading from my house straight for Apex. It's hideously dangerous and much worse than we originally thought. It got Aramon, so it's that much stronger. Alert everyone. Evacuate as many as possible and hide. Don't fight it head on. You'll lose. All right, we're screwed. Does it got any weaknesses? No, none that I know of. So, uh, you got any good advice? So, uh, don't listen if it talks. Uh, don't let it eat you. <laughs> Sounds like my ex. Keep in touch. Okay, Katya, the cops are on it. The word is out. Benny's evacuating as many gods from the downtown area as possible. What is our next step? Next? Do you believe in fate? There are just under 200 deities in my directory under that heading. Call of them frauds. I learned my destiny about an hour ago. To unleash that thing, Nyarlathotep, and then miraculously defeat it. Sure, it sounds great, but the two idiots who set this up didn't have a plan about the defeating part. 
So you just give up? You say that like it's something I choose. I'm beaten. Aramon kicked my ass, and Narlathotep is so much older, fouler, and more potent in comparison, it makes Saruman look like a begonia. The universe cannot be saved by a guy who gets taken down by potted plants. But there must be a way. We can Why? Some... Is that some new rule? The deity of wishful thinking get promoted to lord of facts? Bill, please, your sarcasm is not helping anything. Hey, I'm sorry. It's yes, just... maybe we can't win. Perhaps it is hopeless. But hopeless is good for no one, especially you. Well, I expect to die before my guilt becomes an issue. You make no sense. How can you choose not to fight? What do you lose by fighting? You tell me you were destined for this, and you and come in here and- I also said I can't do it! But you have a habit of doing what can't be done. It is your gift. My gift. What do you have to lose? When Nihilathotep broke the screen I threw around my house, it got in my head. If I go face that thing, I don't know if I can keep it out. What do I have to lose? Myself! I'll kill myself rather than be absorbed by that monster! I can't face that thing! I don't care what the reasons are, I can't just walk into its mouth, I can't! I don't want to die either! You're not the only scared one! The only difference is you can do something! Apex needs you! Well, tough! Screw destiny! I hate being whipped down some path! I hate losing control! I hate all this! I need you! I need you! I'm scared, Bill. For me, I don't want to be possessed by that thing. I'm scared. Well, that's it then. You're scared? You're scared. Well, well, that's different. That... Well, of course you are. I guess there are things tougher than fear. Katya, I love I you. I love you. It's okay. You would have to have something broken in you not to be scared. This is nice. I haven't had a hug since I was about seven. I don't even remember what I was upset about. Just remember my mom holding me for a long time. Right now, we don't have a lot of time. Otherwise... Another rain check? Yes, and I hope rain comes soon. Mm, yeah, forecast is stormy. Okay. You're scared, I'm scared. Let's go kick some alien horror butt. Yes, sir. Whoa, look at this place. You had a party and didn't invite me? I thought we were pals. Runt, you're okay. <laughs> Guys, I can't believe this, but I'm happy to see you. We're going to need all the friends we've got. That's the reason we're here, Runt. None other. Yeah, buddy. Wasn't that hopeful? If you think apotheosis will have a happy ending, perhaps you should pull your thumb out of your mouth and insert it somewhere more fitting. Episode 9, Porno from Another Planet, featured the exquisite abilities of, in order as they came to mind, Jason Cole as Bill Wright Jr., Kevin Swan as Aramon, Nyarlathotep, and Benny, Sabrina Finder as Kali, Curtis Moe Becker as Loki, Nolan Palmer as Thor, and Shannon Morris as Katya. Written by Chuck Reynolds and Luca Dolfini, directed by Kevin Swan. This episode was made possible in part by the generosity of four of our favorite suckers from the Asylum Company and Troop, Chris Riley, Phil Salke, and Jennifer Hamilton. Suckers is the official fan club of Cephalopod Productions. For information on how to suck like a pro, point your browser to www.cephalopod.com. Use a dictionary, it starts with C. Cephalopod sends a big sloppy kiss out to John Weber for his engineering love. Cephalopod thanks Chris Wodok and Andy Simons from The Lodge Studios in beautiful downtown Indianapolis, Indiana. 
Apotheosis is a tentacle of cephalopod productions. We have seen the future, and it has no backbone. And let him kind of die on that last note. And I'll try to drown in coffee here a little bit and see if it sounds like blood in his throat, hopefully.